Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam and on today's episode we are going over season 6, episode 5 called Lover's Leap and it premiered on October 4th, 1995. Alright, so this episode starts out and we see Valerie is having a nightmare. She's having, um, you know, she's remembering her father's suicide and she wakes up kind of screaming. I mean, this is more of a night terror when you wake up screaming. Brandon and Steve run in and she tells them she was just having a dream. So obviously the last episode ended where she saw David's mother had a suicide attempt. So I think this is kind of uh, something that is hitting her hard. So we then see Dylan who is going to pick up Tony for school. And she invites him into the house for a grand tour. Her father's not home, so he obliges, which is weird because I don't know if, I mean, he just doesn't want to see her dad. I mean, we know what the issue is, but I guess she doesn't know yet. So whatever, she invites him in. She also mentions that her they've lived there for 10 years. Her mother died 10 years ago. And then he says that his dad was, uh, died two years ago also. So they have that. She tells him that she already went ahead and invited all of his friends to a dinner party because she wants to get to know them. So the whole gang has been invited to Tony's house for a dinner party. And uh, then they go into, she, as she's giving them the tour, she also shows him her father's office. And in the office, he's got like a bookshelf and he's got some pictures with friends. And one of those pictures is a picture of her dad with Jack, Dylan's dad. So he picks up the picture. He asks who this is. And she's like, that's my dad. And he's like the other guy. And she's like, I don't know, I guess a friend of his, a business friend, she doesn't know. So she doesn't know who Jack is. I think... Dylan was just wondering if maybe she knew, but obviously she doesn't know. And I don't think she really knows anything about her father's business. I mean, it just seems that why would she? Um, I mean, he's obviously a shady businessman, but she uh, she wouldn't know anything about that. Kelly, Valerie, and Donna are talking about Tony and how they're invited to this dinner party, which Kelly thinks is a little bit uh, try-hard-ish, which it is. I agree. I think you know, she's trying, which, I mean, it happens when, like, a new couple forms and the outsider tries to get in with the friends. It's not abnormal, so, but obviously the other girls think it's, you know, fine and they're gonna go. So, um, they're also talking about David and how he's doing, and apparently he's been really, really depressed about his mom, which, I mean, his mom tried to commit suicide, so it's not really, um, that abnormal that he would do that so we then see he is going to visit his mother in the hospital with mel and she's definitely not up to it she's in bad spirits she's not even looking at them she's just looking at the window she doesn't want to hear it then mel pulls david outside and wants to um, make sure that he's keeping up with his classes because i guess he's been around the clock or just spending a lot of time at the hospital which Mel thinks, like, you know, you got to still take care of you and do your thing. 
So then the doctor is talking with them and he, the doctor says basically they need to look at some other alternatives because she's not really responding to the treatment. And then I don't know about this and I don't really know anything about it and I don't really understand if it works. But the doctor talks about doing, like, electric shock therapy. Is that still a thing? I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that because it seems a lot. Which David's not even, like, excited about talk. I mean, he's not into it at all. Which Mel is listening to things. I mean, it's interesting because Mel doesn't really... I do, I do wonder Mel's like place in all of this because Mel is the ex-husband. David is the son. I don't know. I mean, does she have siblings or are parents still alive? I just don't know if Mel really has a place to kind of make comments or anything like that. But I guess I, I don't know. So then we see Brandon and he is on campus and sees Dylan obviously makes a joke about him being more spending more time there than anyone else because obviously Dylan's on campus a lot because of Tony. Brandon brings up the dinner party and he tells him uh, he will be there and Dylan tells Brandon, I saw in this guy's office he's got a picture with Jack. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Then... Um, you know, Brandon runs into uh, Valerie afterwards and asks how she's doing because obviously she woke up from that nightmare and he was a little bit concerned about her. He wants to make sure that she's doing okay and stuff like that. So um, he's checking in on her, but she says that she's fine. So then Brandon goes to Susan and invites her to the dinner party, which she declines. He's like, why not? Why won't you go? Because I guess they're invited with dates. And she says no, she's not, she can't do a workplace romance. He makes a joke, all right, fire me now and rehire me after the dinner party. So she's like, no, I don't, I don't think it's going to work out. So then we see Donna and Kelly who go to visit David, who still lives in the dorms, by the way. So David was looking at apartments with Brandon and with Steve prior to the Walsh house becoming available to Brandon. Because Steve moved in, David is left in the dorms. If I'm David, I'm like, fuck you guys. Or, I mean, why is he staying on campus? I mean, he has a solo room. He's had a solo room. But junior year, you shouldn't be living in the dorms anymore. I just want to put it that way. They're juniors now. Right? Yeah, this is junior year. No, you don't live in the dorms anymore. Um, sophomore, I'm going to give it to you. Junior, unless you're an RA, which David is not, you don't live in the dorms anymore. RAs are getting, living there rent free. So that's fine. But he's not an RA. So I don't, I don't know why he's still in the dorms. And I don't know why he's not mad at his friends for basically screwing him. Do the Walshes? They don't. No, I was going to say, do the Walshes have a basement? I don't know. I was thinking, like, if they could have converted a room for him. I guess it's just this legit three-bedroom because Brandon obviously is in his parents' room. Valerie stayed in her room, which was previously Brenda's, and then Steve is now in Brandon's room. So I guess they didn't have a guest bedroom or anything like that for David, which 
sucks for him. So, anyways, um, so they go to see him. They're worried about him, and he is still out of it. He is not happy about his mom, and he's just really, really in a bad mood. He's still wearing clothes way too big for him, but that was the style. He's wearing, like, triple XLs when he's likely a medium, um, but yeah. So then Brandon, also on the dorms, goes to see Susan, who lives in the dorms. I think she's a junior also, but I believe she's an RA. And in her room, it is tremendous. She has her private bathroom in her dorm room. I don't think those exist, but apparently it does for Susan. She has her own private bathroom in her uh, solo dorm room. But she, it says resident advisor on the door, so I guess she's an RA. I mean, I guess if you have your own bathroom in your room, maybe you would. And on the RA, she's not paying for, for housing, so not the worst thing in the world. But every single dorm room we've seen has solos, except for Laura Kingman, who had another bed in her room, but we never saw the roommate. They just threw a second bed in there, so... I don't know. But he goes there. He keeps pressuring her about the dinner party. He wants her to come. Blah, 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 blah. And finally, reluctantly, she agrees after he continues to badger her about going to the party. So then we see Valerie on the computer, which obviously we've seen all the uh, members of Living in the Walsh House use it. And she's writing an email to Cindy when Steve and Brandon come home. They're both noticing that something's up with her. So Brandon goes to try to speak to her about it and asks her kind of what's going on. And she just casually is like, you know, you could see she's definitely down. And she says, you know, do you remember my dad? And he says, of course, you know, Um, he's like, I have some really great memories of him. And she tells Brandon that she was the one that killed him. Oh, not killed him. She's the one that saw when he killed himself, she found him. Uh, is what she's saying. And Brandon's trying to kind of like, you know, get her out of it a little bit. And he's realizing also David's mother's attempted suicide is hitting her hard, which is obviously, I mean, it makes sense. It would be a trigger warning uh, for someone to see something like that. So I I totally get it. So then um, we see Colin, Kelly, uh, Donna, Ray, and Claire are hanging out Uh, When they see David on campus, he walks by, they invite him to come join them. And he's like, no, I'm good. And he got something, he's gone back to his room. And you could see they're kind of concerned about him. And they're not like, they're like, he just needs to snap out of it. And Donna's like, hey, like, she's the good one. She's not that they're not good, but she is, she's the most sympathetic about David's situation, which makes the most sense and she probably out of everyone would knows his mother the best I I assume because they did date so I mean she would have a little bit maybe more understanding about what's going on with him so then that night Valerie has another dream and she wakes up crying again and Brandon comes in to console her so it's I mean she's really also having a tough time along with David about what's going on with her um 
thinking about her dad and what's going on with his mother. So she's she's definitely just um, going through it at the moment. We then see Tony, who is preparing for the dinner party with the help of Bruno. Well, she's not really she's not really preparing it because they have a host slew of chefs and people actually preparing it. I guess she's just supervising. Um, and Bruno does mention that she should be careful of Dylan, that there's some stuff about him that her father wouldn't be happy about, and also having a dinner party without his permission. But she, you know, he, I think Bruno's harmless. I think he cares about her. So he's kind of just going with the flow of things. Um, and her dad's away anyway. So I guess he's feeling is what's the big deal, you know, with the dinner party. So Steve and Claire are sitting at the peach pit. And she's impressed. She's saying he's approved with his uh, homework that he's doing. Well, they're not really studying. She's testing his homework. And while they're talking, he's got, like, his arm around her, but, like, kind of just up against the wall next to her. And when he moves it, she said not to. She likes his arm there. So it seems that they might be starting to like each other. He asks her if she has a date for the dinner party. And they kind of imply like they're going to go together. So they're going to give this maybe a shot, see if there's anything there. We then see Mel visiting David and David is still in a mood. Uh, he is really not into this electric shock, shock therapy thing. I really, I'm going to look this up and mention it in the tidbits because I know nothing about this and this seems very intense to me to do. Um, Mel thinks it'll help. Mel thinks that she should get any help that she needs. And he wants David to get on board, even though he's not. He can't seem to get himself out of this mood and doesn't want his mother to be shocked with electroids. I mean, I kind of get it. So we are at the dinner party. Kelly and Colin are there. Uh, Tony greets them. And Dylan is there, obviously, because he is... Tony's guest, Claire and Steve are together, and Susan and Brandon are there together. Brandon and Dylan are in the corner talking about Tony and her dad and all that. Uh, John Donna shows up alone because Ray apparently lives in Reseda and he's running late, which obviously Steve points out that he lives in Reseda. She didn't say that. She just said he's running late because of an accident or something. And Steve is like, well, that's what you get for living in Reseda. Just being Steve, snobby Steve himself. And David called to say he is not showing up because obviously he is going. He doesn't tell Tony this. He just said, unfortunately, he can't make it. But obviously it's because He's uh, going through his stuff. I don't know. I mean, was Valerie invited? It did, never implied that Valerie was going. But she's also kind of going through his stuff. So maybe she wasn't going to come at, either because of this. So Dylan, then while this dinner party is going on, Dylan starts snooping around in Tony's father's office. And Bruno comes in and catches him. Dylan comes clean to, to Bruno and he picks up the photo and he says, this is my father. And Bruno says he knows. And he says, so does Anthony. Uh, but Tony doesn't. Um, so kind of, you know, just be aware. Tony's like a daughter to me. So Bruno definitely has Tony's interest at heart. I think he's concerned 
he knows what Dylan's doing. He knows about this. He doesn't want Tony to get hurt if this is just kind of some plan or whatever he's trying to do. So he's just, yeah, like he's looking out for Tony and her best interest, which I kind of get. So Valerie shows up at David's dorm room. She wants to check in on him. She says she knows what he's going through um, because her dad, you know, committed suicide. And she says, let's go for a ride. So she brings him to some overlook where it's like an overlook of like the city, but also kind of like this highway. And she's kind of like getting at the edge, but she's like, be careful. And she's talking about, like, jumping. I mean, this is, like, serious, like, suicide stuff they're talking. And she's explaining, like, all this stuff to him. You know, your mother's still alive. You have that. I don't have that option to speak to my father anymore. And I think talking to her, being there on the ledge with her, I think makes him wake up and realize that a little bit more. So I think him... Speaking with Valerie definitely um, has helped him in a way, kind of get out of his, you know, this whole thing. So after the dinner party, this is weird. So then the gang is at the Peach Pit. So they had the dinner party and then they went to the Peach Pit. I don't know. I guess they just have to always be there. But after the dinner party, they're there hanging out. Um, Dylan and Brandon are talking. Brandon, again, is reminding him about how, you know, be careful. Tony's a sweet girl. Remember that. And, um, you know, Brandon goes to take her home. I mean, Dylan goes to take her home, but it's just, yeah, there's, um, Brandon can see this going poorly, which, you know, it could, so... Uh, then Claire and Steve, uh, go back to the beach apartment. He drives her home, um, and they share a kiss for the first time. So it's kind of like they had their first official date, even though it wasn't just the two of them, but he took her home after and gave her a kiss goodnight. So they, um, seems that something's brewing there. I dig it. I like it. Um, I'm into this. I think they have more chemistry than she had with David. And uh, that's how I feel about that. So then Valerie goes with David to the hospital and she's gotten him out of the loop. So she's kind of the one who got him to kind of face what's going on and to kind of, you know, be more receptive to his mother's problems and to help the best way he can. So... He goes to talk to her and wants her to get better. And after listening, she's kind of coming around and she's agreeing to get help um, the best way possible to help her with her problems. So at the end of the episode, we then see Valerie and she gets an email back from Cindy, who is giving her words of encouragement. Um, And when Brandon comes home, she tells him that she's doing much better now and she's asleep and she's having another dream and you think it's one of those nightmares but in the end it is David there to help her in her time of need. So it seems now that Valerie and David might be 
starting something because there's something between them that is uh, kind of starting. They had something that is similar that they can kind of lean on each other with. So that is where the episode ends. Fun facts and tidbits. So two songs I have for this episode is uh, When Steve Asks Claire to Be His Date. The song playing is The Lion Sleeps Night by Robert uh, John. Uh, Is that the song from The Lion King? I don't know. Um, And then we also have uh, When Claire, Steve, Kelly, and Donna are at the Peach Pit. How Can I Be Sure by The Young Rascals. I think I know that song. Not sure. Um, okay, so I did some back checking on electric shock therapy, and apparently it's a thing still. So it's known as ECT, um, and it is a medical treatment most commonly used in patients with severe major depression or bipolar disorder, which is obviously something that uh, David's mother has. So um basically they're saying that they use it if um they're not responding to other treatment and it inv- involves a brief electric stimulation of the brain while the patient is under anesthesia. So I guess being that it's used for those things, people feel that it works. Um it's a little scary, but I guess I mean it's a thing and if it works it works, which I'm all for. So um Because we were just talking about that, um, I've decided to do the spotlight on David's mother, Sheila Silver, played by actress Caroline Langerfeld. So she was born on September 23rd, 1947, which makes her 73 now. She was born in Paris, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know if she was raised there. I'm not really sure where, but it says that she currently splits her time between Santa Monica and New York. So she's kind of bi-coastal. She has two sons. Um, not sure if she's still married, but she's still working. Um, looking at her, and she's also got a pretty impressive um, kind of filmography. She's done a bunch of movies, um, bit parts in them, but a bunch of movies and the tons of TV shows. I mean, dating back to the... 70s. I mean, she did also in the 80s, like TJ Hooker, which I mean, I think those were um, Aaron Spelling shows. She did ER, which everyone does ER. She did obviously uh, five episodes of 90210. She's got a few more episodes to go. And, um, you know, she's just continued to work. Like every year you see, like, she did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, you know, Law and Order, which every actor does. She's on some soap. She did All My Children and Bold and the Beautiful. She did 10 episodes as Cece um, on Gossip Girl. So if you watch Gossip Girl, she was on that. And I mean, all the way up to, um, I see a show called The Bold Type, which is uh, currently airing. So, or was airing, I'm not sure, but did that. So she's still working. So, um, Yeah, that is it for the spotlight and for the fun facts and tidbits for this episode. 
So that's it for this episode. We'll be back next time to go over season six, episode six called Speechless. My name is Sam and thanks for listening and we'll see you then.